jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Well, uh, yeah, wow, so... Um, big week. <laughs> big week, right? The biggest week. Perhaps the biggest week. And yet, such a s- small week in the perspective of the camera. <laughs> a diminutive week. <laughs> but a big week. It's like Reno. It's the biggest little week. There you go. Man. I I don't even, like, I, I have things written down. I don't even care about upfront business. I am so right there with you. Because this is... I've been waiting for this. This is a pandemic in the making. <laughs> this is... This is a from 2009 through a Trump presidency, through a pandemic, and now monkeypox in the making. Oh, I've been waiting for this day since I sat in a screening room in 2009 and the credits rolled. <clears throat> and I didn't even have like a concrete vision because we all know what happens in Orphan when Esther <laughs> tragically dies. And so I didn't immediately say, like, oh, I can't wait for a sequel. But I just, I, one word came into my mind, and that word was more. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> and we had to wait and suffer through all of those things you just mentioned. And now it's finally here. At last, a prequel. <laughs> At last. And I have to say, it exceeded every expectation (laughs) i screamed i spent the second half of this movie screaming oh absolutely uh it is just everything i could possibly have ever hoped for in my wildest (laughs) wildest dreams it feels like every birthday wish combined (laughs) So I say thank you, universe. Thank you to every person along the way who made this possible. Yes, I'm having an acceptance speech. (laughs) Because I feel like the angels are looking out for us. They are, aren't they? They're up there twinkling, playing their um, flute. Yes, all their flutes. Flutes and harps. Harps, harps. Uh, Wings are are flying and flapping. Yeah. And and there are halos everywhere. Yes. Because here we are, Orphan First Kill, which I would like to point out right away. Is Esther's first kill in this movie? No. No! (laughs) Don't let that title fool you. It's not first kill. This it's... this is still not kill zero. This is not first first kill. No. And it just makes me love it more <laughs> that it would call itself this. Completely erroneous title. Because <laughs> really, isn't it like 
seventh or eighth or twelfth, twenty yeah. yep. <laughs> second kill. <laughs> I just this movie. What a goddamn treat! <laughs> what a goddamn treat! We fucking deserve this. Can you believe? Like, so you know, last week we had Fancy Man, which was just incredible. Like, an actual good movie also. But, like, it's just incredible. And, like, who saw this coming? And then you're telling me, back to back, we get we got Prey and then we got Orphan First Kill? Listen, folks. If you have not seen this, don't listen. Don't read. I didn't know anything. And I'm so glad I didn't. Go in knowing nothing, just like you did with the first one. Yep. Uh, please. You owe it to yourself. You deserve a little treat after all you've been through. Yes. Turn it off now. Go no further. Here there be dragons. Here there be a light switch that we flip and suddenly it reveals the UV details within the film. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You deserve to see Orphan First Kill with naive eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's what I did last night, and I'm telling you, can I elect this movie to be president? (laughs) Orphan First Kill 2024. I'm going to write it in (laughs) at the polls. (laughs) Because, my God, I loved this so much more than I thought I would. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. This movie... Is one of those rare movies. I'm talking so much, I'm sorry. No, this is this is the moment we've been waiting for. This movie is one of those rare movies that completely understands the assignment. Is that not shocking? I did so like going into this, I thought that they didn't know what movie they were making. Because, like, I saw the picture of Isabel Furman as a grown-ass woman pretending to be a hobbit. <laughs> and I'm like, how do they think this is a good idea? I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I thought we were just going to get more orphan. Uh, and yet we'd all have to find a way to reckon with Isabel Furman giving... Gary Oldman in tiptoes the entire time. <laughs> oh no! I forgot about tiptoes. <laughs> How could you forget the role of a lifetime? That trailer is as far as I've gone with that movie. Oh, I've seen the movie. You've seen the movie. Of course I did. Are you kidding? Just the amount. How should? How could I have expected any less of <laughs> Stacy Jane Ponder? <laughs> Of course you were there opening night at tiptoes, <laughs> clapping with a look of absolute glee. I was on my tiptoes the whole time. <laughs> Going, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> if you don't know tiptoes, Gary Oldman plays a little person in tiptoes, okay? Watch the trailer. It is like absolute inspiration porn bloat. Yes. <laughs> and they, they think they're making a glorious future academy award-winning spectacle uh (laughs) trophy horse it's yeah it's one of those trailers with narration so it's literally like gary oldman in the role of a life (laughs) (laughs) 
Tiptoes. Tiptoes. <laughs> it's called Tiptoes. So I thought that's all it was going to be. And yeah. to be fair, that's the first hour of Orphan First Kill. The first hour, I was like, I was at least living because I'm like, you're telling me they're literally copying and pasting her into every scene. It was never believable for a single moment. <laughs> That the like because they'd shoot from the back, they'd shoot like if it was a full body shot, Esther was shot from the back from a distance, and it was clearly a child. Yeah, and then they would show like a close up, and it's clearly 25 year old Isabel Furman, <laughs> full adult face. So it's never you're not gonna like it. Well, you know, I just got swept up in the movie magic, never ever. No, not once, <laughs> doesn't mean you're not having the time of your life. No, but not once do you say, I believe she is an Estonian dwarf. No, never. I don't believe that she is a dwarf, nor do I believe anybody would think she is actually only seven years old. <laughs> With a grown-ass woman face. And I noticed there were little nods, like a lot of people say, oh, you grew up, you're a little lady. And I was like, that's them winking at us because they know we know. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And then... Something happens. Something happens. And this movie gives me every Esther versus Patsy and Burke Ramsey dream I never knew I had. It makes them all come true. <laughs> That's absolutely what it is. Yeah. And I, I, I wish I could have seen the pure joy radiating from my face. <laughs> oh, to have a mirror pointed back at you in your moment of your happiest. Uh, I was, I'm sure I looked like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> just glowing. When they open it and it just emits this glowing light. That was my face. That's what that's what Mia Wallace and Marcellus Wallace and, and, and all of them saw when they opened it. Yeah. They saw you watching Orphan First Kill. <laughs> yeah, there was a time loop or something. It's a time loop to, to the to the Ponderverse. Oh Julia Stiles. <laughs> oh my god. Because again, through the first hour I'm like, look, I'm glad she's making a movie. I love her. But what is the fuck is she doing in Orphan First Kill, though? Yup. And then I knew. And then Julia Stiles walks into a room, shoots a policeman to death. <laughs> oh my god. And suddenly she's like throwing F-bombs and playing like the most just like angry, grizzled bounty hunter of a suburban mom. <laughs> yeah. I could not believe it. The, I was just clapping like a fool. <laughs> well, because we kept saying, you know, what's the twist going to be in this one? Mm-hmm. Because is her head actually going to fall off and then it will be sewed on and we'll have found out that she was a Frankenstein in the next, in the in the real film Orphan 2009. Is that her actual backstory? Is she, in <laughs> fact, 333 years old, as we determined in the Prey episode? Yeah. And she fought the Predator at one point, Fancy Man at one point. It, what is the twist going to be? And then the movie said, we know you're busy looking at this <laughs> this Hobbit over here. Yeah. But guess what, baby? I cannot believe 
that they made a sequel that is a prequel and they have a surprise that is on par with the original surprise that no one fucking saw coming in 2009. Yup. And they did it again! Yup! So I'm now I'm waiting for a third film where her head will finally fall off. <laughs> but until then, I'm just going to bask. Nothing but respect for my president. <laughs> or for first kill. Now look, we know that everybody has seen it because we told you to go watch it before you come back. Exactly. So we don't have to tell you what the movie's about but i guess we should just because we're nice oh i like that we are nice right and then no one can say we're not nice yeah exactly this episode will be proof well picture it estonia 2007 i knew it the second the title came on screen (laughs) yes uh lena a goddamn queen is locked away at the Sarn Institute, as we all knew from Orphan. Uh, we This is the backstory we get, is her time at the Sarn Institute. She's locked up. She is their most dangerous patient. Oh, God, I'm grinning just thinking about it. She is the reason they've had to install new security protocols, because she's so dangerous. She looks like a child. But she's 31. And she gets mad when you say she looks like a child. And then she chooses to live her life as a child. (laughs) It makes perfect sense. Lena is a woman of contradictions. (laughs) This really nice art therapist comes. Chaos ensues. Let's just cut that all out. Chaos ensues. Uh, Lena stows away in the art therapist's trunk, kills the art therapist, goes on the internet to, like, glorp.com. So I love movies, like, movie web portal, like, search engines are always, like, cyber glorp. Like, they're so weird. (laughs) Please tell me when you make your eye horror that they, (laughs) the search engine is cyber glorp. Yeah, so she looks up missing children, and she finds one that looks pretty much like her. And so she says, all right, I'm going to take this child's life over. When she goes, she sees the face, and she goes, oh. And then she holds up her face in the mirror next to the face, and she goes, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then she creates this scenario where she gets found by the police and she's like, I don't know, I'm an orphan from the United States. I was kidnapped. So her story is that she was kidnapped four years ago from the United States and taken to Estonia, where she was apparently given a life of luxury and learned how to paint and learned how to play piano and all and of gained this. an accent. Gained an accent. Oh, she's like Madonna, okay? She is! She Thank learned you. how to make movies, and now she's British. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the police contact Esther's family. Esther is a child who went missing. This is Julia Stiles. She's a real snob. They live in Connecticut. They have a lot of money. They live in a fucking castle. Yeah. Practically. Yeah. She has a real shitty kid who you know at some point in his life would have, like run somebody over when he was a drunk and claimed affluenza and would have gotten away with it. Like, he's yes. that 
that kid. Absolutely. The artist father, who I wish they had cast someone we knew or something. He was so bland. He was very strange. Yeah. The gentle artist husband who has been, uh, just hasn't been himself since Esther went missing. But now Esther's back. And mom and brother seem to immediately clock that something is not right. I mean, they took a look at her and said, this is a seven-year-old. <laughs> not a 25-year-old dressed as a hobbit? <laughs> yeah. But they said, and I thought that was going to be, have something to do with it. You know what I mean? Because it took everybody forever. Like, in the original film, Vera from Argo was like, I think our kid is really homicidal. Yes. But, but no one guessed that she wasn't a kid. You know? Yeah, that's like the last 20 minutes or something, right? Yeah. And so here it happened right away where they were a sus- suspect of Esther. So you say, okay, they're just going to rehash Orphan, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a police detective gets real nosy, starts nosing around where he doesn't belong, trying to figure out who this new Esther really is. So, of course, Esther has to go take care of business. Well, he took, he took her record. He took her record to get fingerprints. So she goes to his house and she stabs the fuck out of him because she loves stabbing things. <laughs> she's good at it. But he's still alive. And so she's going to go finish him off. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> somebody shoots him dead and you look and it's Julia Stiles. <laughs> Your face begins to glow. <laughs> Your eyes turn white. Eyes turn total white. Your head spins around. You stand up. You cannot believe what's happening. Turns out that shitty affluenza brother killed Esther four years ago. Mom knew about it. Covered it up so they don't ruin the family. Like, yeah, we lost one kid, but we still... So what, we're going to lose two kids over this? And she's like, listen, you, the jig is up. I know you're not my daughter, but we're going to play along like everything's real nice to make my husband happy. And so our secret is kept forever. And then it becomes, you start to feel for Esther. Esther. Yeah. Because she's basically being held prisoner now by these people. This movie understands that Esther is in fact the hero. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Julia Stiles is immediately so vile and so good at being vile. Her lines are so fucking funny. When she calls Esther a mutant grifter. (laughs) I wrote that down in all caps. Yeah. Uh, And so it just things escalate, escalate, escalate. Until there's pure chaos. Uh, Esther stabs the fuck out of the brother again. She's really good at stabbing and loves to do it. Um, she and Julia Stiles are on the roof. The, the building is on fire like it's Frankenstein's castle. <laughs> Everybody except Esther is dead and now she's going to be adopted. And this is kind of the story we heard in 2009 in the original film, but also not really. There's some mismatch with the original film. So are they plot holes? I don't care, quite frankly. We have two perfect movies here. It doesn't matter at it this does point. It does not 
matter in the least. The sheer joy factor by far outweighs the any questions of believability or connectivity. <laughs> like just like how okay, so we're told that Esther's family what died in a fire. Like mm-hmm. why? Why were most of them dead on the sidewalk with their skulls crushed open from having fallen off of a roof? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Why, Why were was... we told her we'd see her first kill? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is much later kill. Yeah. Not first kill. Yeah, this should have been orphan later kills. Who who said, "Oh, this poor child who is left orphaned after her brother perished in a crossbow house fire incident?" <laughs> Nobody noticed the crossbow sticking out of the skull or the bolt. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Uh I I do not care. I no. I just don't care at all. The the fact that it is literally Esther gets told what is up by by Julia Stiles who's like, "Listen, you <laughs> fucking mutant grifter." Like that she has to tell her what's up. She even has a line where she says uh, she's actually a grown-ass woman or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so fucking funny. Like, she is... The screenwriters are the voice of the audience. Yes. Julia Stiles is fully saying what we're thinking, but she's just so deadpan delivering these these completely hammed-up lines. It's amazing how she does it. And then that, that Esther is forced to play this game that she is essentially held captive and forced to play this game because, Ju- as Julia Stiles said, this family came over on the fucking Mayflower. <laughs> so you're not going to ruin anything for us, kid. It's incredible. Who saw it coming? Nobody. That's the movie magic Isabel Furman was talking about. Here I thought it was the camera work. <laughs> yeah, certainly not the camera work. It's not the camera work, that's for damn sure. No, I don't care. It's And it does make you feel for the i mean of course i was rooting for her in the original film are you kidding me oh yeah uh but it does make you feel for this person who she just like wants a man and wants to be an artist okay (laughs) is that too much to ask is that too much to ask she goes about it in really horrible ways like you know she should just go to a matchmaking service Mm -hmm. that would be helpful it would be helpful rather than infiltrating a family pretending like having them kind of adopt you as a daughter and then hitting on the father is not really the best way and then also going surprise i'm not nine i'm 33 this is not (laughs) i love you daddy yeah (laughs) this is not the best approach just well yeah you think so at the end of the film she goes off to once again become orphaned but like she could have just you know vanished Mm mm-hmm and she could have just shown up and, like, you know, rebuilt her lot. She could have enrolled at a community college and said, Hi, yes, I am Esther, I, or Lena. Uh, she could have taken a different name so Interpol doesn't come for her. She could have said, I, I would like to learn how to develop my small business at, at Paint the Pottery. And she does, <laughs> she opens Paint the Pottery. <laughs> there you go. And then she, fi- she has a meet-cute with, a you know, the nice custodian that she brings on one night. And then they connect. But instead, she chooses, no, I'm going to do this again. <laughs> and I'm going to continue <laughs> to pretend to be a child. Yeah. Hmm. And it didn't work the first time. <laughs> Failed <laughs> spectacularly, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I 
everyone's dead. <laughs> Smashed on pavement. Chances yeah. are, I won't end up with the Ramses yet again. And to her credit, she doesn't. Yeah, she was correct. She didn't. But also, though, uh, you know, Daddy was no more receptive to it, even though he wasn't even supposed to be her real father. This guy thought he was her real biological father. (sighs) God, what an amazing movie. I just want to make a bed out of it, you know, and just roll around. You deserve to. You deserve that. Like, we all deserve that. I think after everything we've been through, uh, 100%. I didn't see this guy. I thought movies were over, to be honest. I thought, (laughs) I thought, wow, we got, okay, you know, we got all those good movies in 2015 to 2019. And then, okay, now I have X and now I have Prey. And that's probably as good as it will ever get. And then the universe said, here you go. Esther said, hold my choker. (laughs) Hold my choker. I just, I thought like, okay, it's going to be more, like I said, more orphan, but we're all going to be taken out by the tiptoes-esque quality. (laughs) It just had no clue. It would go where it went, and when it went there, how fucking over-the-top, campy, madcap, incredible. Just yeah. like, what a good time. Yeah, yeah. Two, the battle of wits between two murderous women. Oh. One a dwarf, one not a dwarf. Both compete. Anytime you see Esther sitting and learning to paint with daddy, and then Julia Stiles watching from the window behind them, because I don't understand the layout of this castle, but <laughs> anytime you see Julia Stiles just watching them and just being like, oh, that bitch. <laughs> Julia Stiles going to Esther and saying, I'm going to go upstairs and fuck my husband. <laughs> like, it's just incredible. Julia Stiles picking Esther up and throwing her across the kitchen. <laughs> I said, is this the Notes of a Scandal sequel that I have been waiting for? <laughs> if honestly, if I had any critique of this film... It would be that I wanted that kitchen scene to go on for 20 minutes. Like, I, I felt like Julia Stiles, all of a sudden they're on a roof, which I also love any movie that just has the complete insanity to have a roof chase. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially when the building is on fire. Yeah, few of them do. Few of them dare to go there. But when they do, it's usually special. And so there's a roof chase, and then they're, they're both hanging there. <laughs> both of them hanging there, and then uh daddy coming out and just trying to get on the roof and trying to help them and then julia styles just falls to her death and her head explodes and i was shocked at how quickly she was she perished so i i'm like i could i could do like 20 more minutes of it if anything i just give me more of this movie give me more battle yeah right like it had the good sense to only be 90 minutes as so few movies these days understand that concept that like you're a slasher movie you don't need to be 179 minutes (laughs) you know uh but this one i say bring it on give me give me the extended cut i need the three hour and 40 minute ari aster version where i want to see i want to see them fighting in the art studio i want to see them in the in the road fighting and trying to flag down cars i want to see i want to see even more pummeling in that kitchen it's just amazing just incredible (laughs) 
just incredible. Esther gets her Mrs. Danvers moment at the end when she's like slowly walking through the burning castle. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> and then she emerges only to be scooped up by the adoption agency. We'll find her a new family, <laughs> won't we? Yes, you will. All thanks to CCH Pounder. (laughs) Yes, you will. Thank you very much. That could have been an opportunity. They could have had CCH show up. Yeah. I know we've been waiting so long for this movie. And (laughs) my God, it was worth the wait. (laughs) Is that not the biggest shock of it all? That it's... That it actually is fun? (laughs) Like, I don't know what exactly I was expecting. Yeah, I guess I was just expecting more Orphan. Just Orphan 2. Still Orphanin. And I would have loved it. But I just, I, I don't, could never have anticipated what we got with this. That it was self-aware, sort of self-reflexive, kind of vaguely meta. Not meta, but you know, it, it knew what it was. And the film talked about itself knowing what it is. <laughs> what a shock. But not in an annoying way. No, not in a Scream 7 way. Yeah, it felt like, okay, this movie loves me just as much as I love it. Yes! It felt like a reciprocal relationship. Yes, this is a loving union built on trust. (laughs) A shared history, a a decade plus worth of familiarity. Just tattoo it all over me. (laughs) This is your pillow book? This is my pillow book, Orphan First Kill. Man, my God, I don't even like know what to say. I have no issues with this movie. None. None at all. It's perfect. <laughs> Stacey, you are such an enigma. What? <laughs> really? Is this a surprising reaction? No, it's not. It's just I love, I love like the trash that you do, that you choose to receive Versus, like, the trash that you will not receive. Like, I was thinking about this as I was watching this, and I was, like, thinking about, like, for example, Malignant versus Orphan First Kill. And Orphan First Kill, you're, like, light of my life. This is the pinnacle. We we have, in fact, shattered the glass ceiling with an Estonian dwarf. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, Malignant, you're, like, I will not speak of her. I will not talk to her. Draw a line in the sand, out my house. It's that unknowable thing, you know. I think part of it is the history, like you said, that I have with Miss Esther. (laughs) It's just something I was thinking about watching this film. But I think, you know, that's the thing is when you see the one, you, you know they're the one. You know, that's the glory of love, as they say. Hey, nice reference. Nah. That's the thing is I, I think a lot of the things I say I like about this movie or love, excuse me, like is not nearly as strong as this, <laughs> are the same things that people love about Malignant. I think that's a really good example of something that's cuckoo crazy. Yeah. That's why that came to mind. Yeah. So I don't know why that didn't click with me. Because I'm like, well, one, one they's... Zoe Bell facing off with a head puppet <laughs> in a women in prison sequence versus one other is one other they's trash. Yes. Is that how the, the quote goes? <laughs> but then sure it is now. But then 
But then you have, you know, Julia Stiles flinging a dwarf around a kitchen. Which is, but here's the thing, I think, is that I do think, as crazy as what you just said sounds, this movie is also more grounded than something like Malignant. Which, to me, Malignant feels like it's trying too hard to be crazy. That's, I think, this movie knew that it had rules for itself. And it had to live up to the expectations and its own rules. So the rule is there has to be a twist that doesn't make any sense, but does. But does. This movie, like, we all know Esther's deal. And so they have to come up with something else to, yeah. like, to give it, to make us sit down. I mean, I would have been there no matter what. If it was just, like, Esther's going to sit in a chair and stare at the camera for 90 minutes. I'd be like, sign me up, front row, I'm there. The Esther is present? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'd be crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they but they wanted to do something, and I just but all of the craziness and everything is like also kind of grounded, as as cuckoo as it gets. Versus like, oh, she has this primordial twin growing out of her head. I just it, malignant tried too hard. Well, that's the thing. It's it's kind of like the magnetic poetry, or or throwing throwing you know casting the bones to read to try to scry them, right? <laughs> Where it's just they just threw things out, and it's like, well, why does he control electricity? That's never explained why he controls electricity, or how is she telekinetic on top of having a parasitic twin puppet coming out of her hair? I think deliberate camp requires a very deft touch and you must know what you're doing for it to be successful yes because otherwise you're just Katy perry in a hamburger costume oh my god is that not the most accurate summation of the failures of, <laughs> of the failures and successes of camp that i that stacy that is like the perfect addendum to Sontag's notes on camp. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Which actually, as a text, is so um, direct and yet very hard to read because there are so many different points that it can be hard to track, well, what is, in fact, camp then and what isn't camp versus also with the changing of time. But then you tack that onto it, and now I fully understand it. Yeah, well, there's deliberate camp and incidental camp, which mm-hmm. are two entirely different things. But I think people go for deliberate camp, and it's like... It's like a souffle. It's a very delicate balance. Yeah. And it's very easy to overextend your hand, and which, you know, you can still get pleasure from things that overextend their hands, absolutely. But I think a lot of times that's where it fails for me, where I'm like, I see what you're trying to do here, and I'm not laughing. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the souffle has, has sunken. The chemistry wasn't right. Orphan first kill... They knew their ingredients. They knew the cook time. <laughs> I don't know how to make a souffle. <laughs> yeah, they had an oven. They had an oven. They had Julia Stiles. She said, listen, I've been waiting years to do this. Honestly, bless her forever. Is Julia Stiles the only actress that could take on this role? <laughs> I think so. It was, it was the role she was born for. I agree. I think this was absolutely brilliant casting. Like, there is something already leading up to this film when you tell me it's going to be a prequel to Orphan tw- 13 years later. God damn it. 
13 when we did the episode it was only 10 years old uh 13 years later and yet now it's julia styles they said okay anthony you don't get vera formiga anymore because she's in the future now you get julia styles and i say that is the only actress that could take on an orphan (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly the brand because she's like i feel like julia styles is almost like in her lifetime phase of her career which I don't say with joy, but I, lo- I, I genuinely, you know, love Julia Stiles. So just the fact that Julia Stiles comes back for Orphan, and then that we're seeing her essentially just play a stuffy Lifetime movie mother, but that she gets to execute that, literally execute that flip. <laughs> it's amazing. And it gets to completely ham it up. Fully deadpan. It's brilliant. Yeah, because the first hour, it's like, boy, my brain was working overtime because I'm dealing with the dissonance of people think this person is seven. That, the copy and pastening just... <laughs> ma- yeah! I, I reached a point where I was like, is this literally what this entire movie is going to be? I don't know that I can actually commit fully. Oh. But, well, because it just keeps pulling me... I mean, I was laughing, but it just keeps pulling me out of it because I'm like... I'm I'm so aware of the stitching, the act of stitching that the editing was. Oh yeah, it was very well tiptoes, but it was very like, you know, actresses on TV shows where they get pregnant, and then like, oh, they just always hold a pillow in front of them. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, yeah. they always stand behind the like breast high table. You know, yeah. it's like we know what's going on. I mean, it was almost to the extent of of CGI screensaver Carrie Fisher in the last Star Wars movie, which you were lucky enough to never see. But, I mean, where it's like, oh, there's literally a deepfake CGI screensaver talking and saying lines, like uh, like a speak-and-spell Carrie Fisher (laughs) that is just (sighs) saying whatever words that they had on on an old deleted scene that they could pop in and be like, that kind of makes sense, right? to have her say this line here it was almost almost that level and then there was the the competing dissonance of like julia styles is the mother with this old ass son (laughs) this is where we are in the passage of time holy fuck i did think to that end i was actually curious because i kept saying the whole movie i was like what's the twist what's the twist i was trying to figure it out and the best thing I could come up with, I did start to wonder, oh, what if one of them killed the original Esther? So I did briefly think that. But the the one that I was hoping for and beginning to settle towards was that Julia Stiles was, in fact, going to be a child pretending to be an adult mother. <laughs> and then you would have an actual adult child versus... A child adult. A child adult. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I was really excited for her to, like, she sta- She takes off her stilts. Right, yeah. she, like, <laughs> they just start fighting. How'd the husband never pick up on this? <laughs> yeah. It's a very intricate st- scheme by this child. Yeah. This very uh, emotionally mature adult child. No, I think I was so, I was in such a trance just that I was experiencing more orphan, morphin, <laughs> if you will, to save time, that I just I wasn't even thinking about a twist. I was like, all right, I know her head's not going to fall off because this is a prequel. <laughs> so I just like, I went along for the ride. I'm usually along for the ride. Yeah. And so I was just losing my fucking mind. 
This is incredible. That's my problem now, though, is I, I, I want more. I still want more within the movie. I feel like we could they could push Julia Stiles' character even more. I want... I want another fight scene. I want just extended fight scenes and more. But then I say, well, then I want, this is the problem of it being a prequel is I want more Esther. Because they could either, they could do prequel, prequel. Maybe there's another family in between. Yeah, because didn't they say that? That she grifts people and pretends to be a child in the mental hospital or this asylum. They said that. Yeah, it doesn't exactly line up with what they said about her in the original film. No, but everybody's forgotten. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So it could be the family. It could be before the Sarn Institute. Yes. Or. Oh yeah. Let's go back even farther. Let's wait until Isabel Furman is fifty. Yes. Yes. And everybody will be like, "What a beautiful four-year-old." <laughs> She's fully fifty. They could definitely do orphan first kill parentheses. We mean it this time. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Any sequel prequel with the parentheses in the title. Yeah, to explain things. Is always the best bet. I want that. How did she die in the first movie? Uh, she, like, uh, she got stabbed, thrown in the lake or something. I know she came yeah. out of a... Yeah, there's something where she's like there's an ending where she comes out of the lake. Like Jason Voorhees. Esther, undead Esther. We could do undead. Why not? Why can't somebody... If lightning can bring back Jason Voorhees, it can bring back Esther. Literally, we have how many Friday the 13th films? Like 12? And then, well, of the ones that I like, what, nine, seven, eight? But like... Four. (laughs) Four. (laughs) But two. But like, (laughs) there's Jason... What? The saga of Jason is so confusing. Yeah, no one cares. In the beginning, he's a dream. He's And then we're told, no, he wasn't a dream. He is, in fact, still alive. But that doesn't make any sense because he was dead because that's why the killing started. But he's still alive, but now he wears a bag on his head. But then he is dead, but then he comes back and he has a different mask. But then he gets killed this time for real. But then he comes back, but then he dies again this time for real. Yeah, they they kill him. That's the, the thing about Friday the 13th, is Jason Voorhees is killable. They just keep bringing him back somehow. Yeah, he's constantly resurrected until it turns into lightning and then cryogenesis space robot. Yeah, until they say like, oh, well, there's something in his midichlorians that uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. make him immortal. <laughs> so just do it with Esther. Because she killed a nun in the first film, Satan powered her to come back. Yeah, Satan was pumped when she did that. So then, so then in Orphan Last Kill, the new person says, oh, Esther, Esther, you look a little sick, but oh, well, that's fine. It's like, she'll just keep referencing how pale she is because she's dead, you know, (laughs) but the person running the adoption agency doesn't know that. And then, and then they're like, Esther, come look, your, your new, your new mother is here to adopt you. And it's Ma? Yeah, and she says, call me Ma. <laughs> Ma versus Esther. Ma and Esther. Ma and Esther, and then they open a small business together. Yeah, they're my new Selma and Louise. <laughs> Ma and Esther driving into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, Esther's smoking. <laughs> Sign me up. Honestly, that is the crossover that... 
all fandom deserves. I'm gonna. I should actually go so I can go sit in the theater <laughs> and wait. <laughs> Preparation. I honestly like because when it comes to franchises, this is all I want to see. I want to see Pearl. I want more Pearl. I want more Esther, and I want more Ma. And I will also take Annabelle in space. Yeah, we've had enough of these. These men get how many movies in a franchise? We're still Michael Myersing. Come on. Jamie Lee Curtis, I realized this the other day. I was like, has she been in fucking like seven Halloweens now? There was a time when she was in two. <laughs> now she's in like seven of them. She keeps getting forced to tell this man's story, even though her <laughs> character doesn't even fe- feature into it anymore or figure into it. So yeah, give us Annabelle. Annabelle versus Esther versus Ma versus Pearl. And then at the end, they all become best friends and they open a book club. They have an escape room and they just kill men at their escape room. God, I love them. <laughs> yeah. Think, I mean, look at this. Like we say, you know, horror took a dip for a while, for a couple decades. Picked back up in the mid-2000s. But look at these amazing queens that we now have. So, yes, give us all of those films. Yes, thank you. Whoever's thank listening. You. Thank you. <laughs> um, Side note, the dad the daddy in this movie was donald sutherland's son what what a remarkable unremarkable sutherland hmm <laughs> what isn't that wild uh. rossif sutherland who is this guy doing this like trying to be bobby cannavale <laughs> like who is who is this guy Interesting. I never would have guessed that. He was cute, but I was like, I don't know why he's in this movie, and I also do not understand why Julia Stiles is married to him. <laughs> so bland. Yeah, and or how they're fucking wealthy. I guess it was generational money. Yeah. Wow. Well, Stacy. with all of that said, are you ready to untie that ribbon and, and roll your head off onto the chopping block? <laughs> I am. I am. I don't care if you cut my head off. You can't do you can't kill me. I'm already dead. From pleasure. From watching Orphan First Kill. <laughs> The chopping block. It's our question and answer game here on Gay Lords of Darkness, in which we present each other with three categories of horror movie trivia. We choose our category, and then we are uh, held in a gauntlet in which we must answer five questions of trivia, all within ten seconds. Unless one of us calls out, I want the wig. In which case, I guess it's just Esther's pigtails. Just Esper- Are they pigtails? No, it's just hair in a ribbon. In which case, Esther's hair, Esther's countenance possesses you. <laughs> you are you are cut out of the film, and Isabel Furman, grown-ass adult Isabel Furman, is placed over you in the edit, confusing our non-binary executioner, the heads they, who says, really? This is supposed to trick me into thinking she's really a dwarf? And then, that earns you an additional 10 seconds just to answer that one question. If you get all of them right... You are still alive like Esther at the end of this film. If you get any of them wrong, you're dead just like Esther at the end of Orphan. But maybe you'll have a chance to come back in the future. I don't know, man. I don't know who goes first. (laughs) Well, I know I asked you first last time because I had a brain cell this week. Oh, good for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm experimenting. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, then I guess, I mean, I, I have to ask you first. Indeed. And you have three categories to choose from. Surprise. <gasps> uh, one category is old, vintage, artisan, seasoned. Uh, and the other two are brand new and inspired by kind of inspired by uh, well whatever who cares okay the first category uh is your returning category and that category is uh, the jerk store Ooh. in this category i give you a line of dialogue from a renowned horror movie jerk you tell me the name of the jerk Ooh. category two is 2007 the love theme from 2007 featuring uh, that title okay. <laughs> supposedly orphan first kill took place in 2007 which is why i did a category all about movies horror movies from 2007 i wow. will describe the movies yeah the title is it kind of makes sense with the way i phrased the questions but not really Anyway, I'm looking for movies from 2007 is the point. Wow. And category three is I maintain that Ginny Field did not wet her pants over some rat. (laughs) Which is not only a statement of fact, it is also the name of this category, which is all about rat cinema. Whoa. Esther has a good rat friend who does some great rat acting in Orphan First Kill. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. And so, love a movie rat. I th- I did love that Esther had that relationship with rat, and then rat gets killed via Julia Stiles, and then Esther puts it in her drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she didn't kill the rat. She has capability for sweetness in her. That's right. So, it's all about rat movies. So, uh, your categories are The Jerk Store, 2007 love theme from 2007 featuring uh and i maintain that jenny field did not wet her pants over some rat i i would also say does amy Steele agrees with you did she not say that that she she said no she said jenny probably spilled a coke or something (laughs) she says in our live episode yeah which everyone should listen to um okay uh Mm, okay, 2007. I have to go with 2007 because I cannot think of a single movie that came out then, and that was like the absolute dregs of that decade. Mm. So hit me up, hit me up, cut my life into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I want to okay. go extreme, baby. I think you'll get these. Will I? I think so. I think, I think, I think. Okay, number one. Uh, Love theme from 2007 featuring John Cusack in a haunted hotel. Uh, Oh, uh, uh, 1408. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Holy shit. Featuring Rose Byrne in the army. Oh, uh, 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 28 months later. (laughs) Weeks later. No, god damn it! It's 28 weeks later! It's weeks. You said months. I meant it in my heart of hearts! 
I grew up Catholic and we believe in 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 actions versus wor- deeds. Wait, words. Mm, okay. <laughs> you don't go to heaven just by saying I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, which the Protestants believe. You go to heaven by having a good life and being a good person, not just by saying the, the words. Uh, okay. Well, if you're going to proselytize, fine. <laughs> Listen, I'm not Judge Judy and Executioner. You can kill me. <laughs> no, nah, we'll keep going. I think you'll get all these, but know that it will be a Pyrrhic victory. Okay. okay. Number three. <laughs> Featuring Josh Hartnett and Melissa George in Alaska. 30 Days a Night. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. You sure it's not 30 months? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four. Featuring Luke Wilson and Kate Beckinsale in a motel. A vacancy. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Oh. Oh, number five. Oh. Featuring Wes Bentley. In an underground parking garage. West Bentley? Who the fuck is West Bentley? Oh! Oh, that's, um, uh, oh, not the game. P2. Yes! Oh! Look at you! My Pyrrhic victory! (laughs) (laughs) So, good for you! Thank you! You know, there were some okay movies in 2007. No, I'm actually shocked that those movies were 2007. I never saw 1408. I don't think that was... That's not a good one. Was that good? Did you see that? I saw it. The end. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those movies that you say, okay, I saw it. But some people like it. People who are horror dabblers, like, you know, oh, it's October. Let's watch a scary movie. I think they enjoy it. Yeah. Wasn't that one where it was just a hotel room and then it's just all CGI hotel walls? Yeah. Wow, well, thank you. Congratulations. I I feel um, accomplished in my stolen victory. Good for you. Uh, Stacy, uh, the, the block is half bloody, uh, <laughs> but we've wiped it clean. You may place your head and receive three categories, two of which are new, one of which is a returning uh, repeat, and that category is... Whatever you do, don't stop filming in Betamax. In Mm. which you have 50 seconds to name five found footage movies that predate the year 2000. Oh, wow. They're out there. They are out there. You know them. You've seen all of them. But can you name them all? Probably not. In 50 seconds or 60 if you call out for the wig. Your uh, next new category, new your first new category, is Orphan Family Tree, which is all about <laughs> horror movies starring the cast of the Orphan Cinematic Universe. Oh. So if they were in an orphan film, this might be about them. Sometimes I'm asking for them. Sometimes I'm asking for the movie, etc. Oh, uh, okay. And then your new, new, final new category is Name That Prequel, which in honor of Orphan First Kill, three-word title. I describe a horror movie prequel for you in three words, and you name the prequel. Ah. So, your categories are Whatever You Do, Don't Stop Filming in Betamax, Orphan Family Tree, or Name That Prequel. 
Do I know prequels? I don't know. I don't feel very confident. You know horror movies. Well, that's true. Sometimes. Uh, therefore, I guess I should... Uh, it's the thing that scares me the most, so I should face <laughs> it head on. You're going to follow that fear? I'm going to follow that fear. See how I do. I don't feel confident. Oh, you're going to do just fine. I think you're going to do just fine. Prequels, prequels, prequels. So remember, I give you three words. Yeah. Uh, technically, they're three. Well, you'll see. <laughs> three words. And oh. you just name the prequel. Okay. Okay. Number one. Haunted Pool Vacuum. <laughs> Paranormal Activity 2. Ding, 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 ding. I love that little guy. Oh, yeah. It's so stupid. It's the stupidest thing ever. In the first movie, we were like, hey, remember when, like, you start hearing that atmospheric rumble and you get tense? Well, now we have a pool vacuum. <laughs> God. Number two, bridge. LASIK, airplane. Mmm. Final destination. Five. Ding. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Okay. Well done. It's so weird when they just make a prequel, like, one of the numbers in the franchise. Yeah, right? And it says, surprise! Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a prequel. I liked it. I'm surprised. Number three. <laughs> Doll. Miranda Otto. <laughs> oh, Annabelle creation. Ding, ding, ding! She who shall not be created. <laughs> She refuses creation. <laughs> right. Number four. Look at you. You're making it so far. Number four. Engineers. Android. Tentacles. Prometheus? Ding, 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 ding. <sighs> all right. Number five. Look at this. For all the money of which there is none, you have made it all the way to number five. And number five is... Mary Elizabeth Winstead. The thing? Ding, 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 ding! Woo! We won! We both won! You won. You actually won. Yeah, you won. I mean, you knew that it was 28 weeks. That was I knew. Just I just, flow. I didn't profess my love to Christ as I performed my good deeds. That's right. That's right. It was just a flub. So I say we both won. I mean, and can you believe it that we win the same week we win with this movie? I mean, this is the holiest of weeks, obviously. I just can't believe this year. I can't believe that we got X, that I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that there's Prey, which is like legit amazing, and now Orphan First Kill. I know. I really thought movies were done forever. Yeah. Well, it's because we watched Halloween Bangs. That'll send us hurtling back to Earth. Yeah, Halloween Bangs Part 2. Yeah. Will finally remind us that there is greater pain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Or will surprise us and we'll fall completely in love. I no, have no. zero hopes. No, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, none. Well, uh, as this holiest of weeks comes to a close, you can hear about other weeks that were not as great 
in old episodes at our website gaylordsofdarkness.com which also links you to our social media and all of that kind of thing you know leave us a review somewhere where you wherever you listen to it if you leave a like a star rating or review i guess i can this is what they say that it can help with the algorithms. It'll help massage the algorithm. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, anyway, go watch Orphan First Kill again. Yes, do it. And celebrate the moments of your life that include Esther. Right? Okay. Well, goodbye. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! Oh Oh my my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness!